Blog Talk Radio. Anyway, hi Frank, and hi all those who are listening an hour later. Frank is our fitness guru, okay, and he's got some great things to share. Because uh, Frank, are you there? Because I sometimes I knock people off when I get on the phone with them. I'm here and I'm ready to go. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. <coughs> Ate a piece of corn and it went down the wrong hole. Anyway, but I mean, <laughs> so you have people have asked about things about cellulite and staying healthy and and uh, what is your thoughts about cellulite, the goddess cheese looking women? Excuse me. <coughs> well, cellulite you know, is cellulite's basically fat that has nowhere else to go so it accumulates in a like clumpy manner in a sense that it's excess fat so it's not just fat it's excess fat um so it's it's a funny thing from that standpoint but it it picks and chooses where it wants to go you can't really spot reduce in the sense that you say you know if you got cellulite uh you know on the waist or, or the hips or the legs or so on and so forth um the the key is you know just like everything it's it's exercise diet um, and building the the lean muscle to be able to support it and it'll go just like everything because once you start burning off the fat and you start putting on lean muscle it'll disappear uh, it doesn't matter you know what age you are to a certain extent the only thing you can't control unless you know you, you go to a doctor is excess skin. You know, once you have excess skin, it's it won't disappear. You know, you have to, uh, you know, fix it with a cosmetic if if that's what ends up being. If you lose a lot of weight, um, or like sometimes like people once they reach a certain age, they get loose skin. Um, in that sense, there's no fat underneath. It's just you know the extra loose skin. So that that's something you can't fix. But cellulite you can surely fix because it's just excess fat and you can always burn off more fat and putting on more lean muscle through just the, the regular methods of a combination of exercise and cardio and, uh, you know, adding lean muscle. Right. Is that okay. what you were kind of referring to? Yeah, I was. Like somebody had asked me, ask him about, and, and about uh, cellulite, cellulite, sorry. And I was like, okay. And, um, you know, there are people that have it. There are people that don't. So, is it a genetic thing as well? If you're more prone to like being bigger in your tummy, bigger in your hips, you know, having cellulite or cellulite. Am I saying that right? I hope so. Yeah, I think where you get it has to do more so with your genetics in general, like the location of it. But actually, getting it can be a combination of two things. I always like to throw this uh, strange um, information at people in the sense that you know when you're a young kid all the way up to your adolescent years, you know, through your teenage years essentially when you're growing, if you have excess weight, if you're obese, you know, if you have excess fat, your number of fat cells grow in both number and size all the way up through your adolescent years. But once you surpass that and you're uh, mature, you know, in a sense that you're an adult, uh, they no longer grow in number. They only grow in size. So when you're overweight as a kid and then you lose the weight as an adult it's a lot easier to put on cellulite and um and excess fat because you have so many more fat cells than somebody that was not overweight as a child or a teenager so 
it's interesting from that standpoint, so, but also just from a genetic standpoint, where it goes, we'll have to do, and your, you know, your, um, your bone structure has to do with your genetics and so on and so forth, but your actual, you know, um, amount of fat you have, that, that really doesn't have anything to do with genetics. It has to do more with just your social uh, and your, you know, lifestyle. Okay. Uh, so let me ask you this. When you drink water, does it help you get rid of cellulites or the appearance of it easier, the creams that are out there? I know the answer to this, I think, but, you know, that uh, somebody had asked me that. I got creams and everything. I don't know if they work. I've never, you know, there are people that don't have cellulite. There are people that do, right? I mean, we all have our challenges. So, um, but, you know, so you, those women, and women, does it show up in, like, the naughty like Chadikad cheese look and men does it show up as like the spare tire around the tummy or something like that? Well and does drinking water help? Typically they they gain a lot more of their fat around their midsection in general. It goes there and women typically get it around their waist and their hips. Um but cellulite's gonna look the same regardless. It'll be more of that cottage cheese, you know, look in that sense, uh, you know, the lumpiness of the, the fat. Uh, but it's it it is just excess fat. Like there's no more room for it to go, so it kind of just lumps around, in a sense, which is obviously a uh, a very bad thing. Like you don't want it because if you have that much excess fat, uh, it's 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 not healthy. You know, so in order to get rid of it, um, you have to drink water. Water is one because it helps your metabolism. But if you're not exercising and you're not uh, changing your diet in a sense, it's not going to matter how much water you drink if you're still eating pizza and drinking the, uh, you know, the macchiotos or macchiatos or whatever the coffees are with a lot of calories and frappuccinos and all that stuff. So, you know, when you, you have all the excess calories and excess sugar and excess fat in your diet, doesn't matter how much water you drink, you're going to continue to build excess fat. Um, water will help your metabolism. You're probably going to have a lot of bathroom breaks in that sense, you know, both ways. Right. But it's not going to be fun when you drink a lot of water and you eat unhealthy because it's going to make you, uh, like I said, run to the bathroom a lot more. But it does help you regardless, no matter what. Water is the, you know, the miracle liquid that essentially we are mostly made up of and helps everything in our body from our brain to our muscles to our metabolism to our digestive system uh, to your just your cardiovascular. You know, without proper hydration, all those kind of uh, you know don't function at an optimal level. So, water is extremely important, but it's it's not the end all to be all because you got to do the other things too. Okay, I appreciate that too as well. Um, so you answered that question. It's just it is it takes work. There's no cream. There's not enough water. Uh, not you know, there's not enough of of, of uh, anything like that that will get rid of it, but except good old fashioned exercise. Is that what I'm hearing you say in diet? Diet and exercise always goes back to that, doesn't it? Yeah, right? I, I mean, you don't even see people going to get liposuction anymore. Why? Because it doesn't work. Because it's all they're doing is they're draining the fat out of the fat cells. And, but as soon as you eat again, it goes right back. So it's you know temporary fix. Uh, not a permanent fix because, one, you haven't changed your lifestyle. Two, you still have those fat cells there. They haven't disappeared. Um, I don't think they've come up with any science to make the actual fat cells disappear anymore. 
as far as I know. But, you know, liposuction, you don't even see commercials for like that anymore. You know, it was like that thing of the, the 80s and 90s and everything. Everybody was doing it. But it didn't work. It was all temporary because you got it right back as soon as you ate that next cheeseburger or, again, had that, you know, frappuccino every day or macchiato or whatever and all those things. Mm-hmm. Like it, unless you are eating a healthy diet, um, you're going to gain excess calories and, you know, and that's going to go into it. And it doesn't matter if it's sugar or fat. That's also a misconception. Like people think that, you know, mm-hmm. if I eat a low-fat diet, I'm not going to gain fat. Well, doesn't matter if you have a lot of carbs and a lot of sugar, it's going to convert to fat storage because it's excess that your body needs. You know, it's like overfilling your gas tank where it happens to the extra gas, it spills all over the floor, but it can only take so much. So same thing with food. Where is it going to go when you have excess? Well, our bodies actually store it because it's kind of a survival mechanism of, uh, in the sense that if we were, to hit a case of famine or something like that or whatever, we could survive with excess fat. It's a survival mechanism. So the more sure. fat you have, you know, essentially the the better you could survive on if if you, everybody was starving, essentially. So genetically we're built to store fat. We're actually not built to kind of uh, be lean and mean in the sense. Um, right. We're built to store fat. So you're fighting that all the time. And you have to, especially even with our lifestyle, with technology and everything else. So if you're not staying active, you're not building the lean muscle, and you're not conscious of your your diet, you know, then you're setting yourself up for failure. And nobody says you have to, you know, be perfect, but you have to have, uh, you know, a majority of the good, and then you sprinkle in some of the bad to, to bounce it off. That's what you really want in the sense, like things that you really love that you rather not do without, but they just can't be part of your, you know, daily routine where you're doing it, you know, three, four times a day or or even probably twice a day is too much in a sense if you have a sedentary lifestyle. So you have to be smart about it, you know, and you you can still have those things, but you you can't have them all the time. You know, you got to space them out and you got to balance them out with exercise and um, building the lean muscle and increasing your metabolism and also balancing it out with the healthy foods that are going to help you also metabolize those unhealthy foods and help you get rid of it by the digestive system and everything else. So it's it's all important, you know, in that sense, because if you have excess sugar, you have excess bad things, your body's going to store it, but it also does the opposite to your metabolism. It slows it down. So it's also a negative from that standpoint because, you know, I, I, when you eat healthy, you have more energy, so your metabolism is also going up. So it's not just, you know, the calories are way different, but your metabolism is changing too because you're helping it. When you eat unhealthy and you eat high sugary foods and high fat foods, high carbs and so on and so forth, and, and barely right. protein and that's in your diet, you, you, you have those highs and lows. You're constantly crashing off of it and you have periods of the day where you're just, you know, tired both mentally and physically and all you want to do is sit because as soon as you start doing something, you just start getting tired right away because your metabolism is, you know, basically turned to mush because of the the, the diet, you know, in a sense, and, and your exercise habits. So it goes hand in hand. You know, it's like, well, what are you going to feed your car? You know, you're going to feed it high optimal fuel so it runs well, or are you going to go, you know, put sludge in it and then hope that it runs well in a sense and, 
you know, you might make it around the block, but you might be calling a tow truck to get back home. You know, that that's very true, because I wrote another question down that somebody had, because they're working. Thank you, by the way. Uh, that was a great explanation. Um, this is a guy. He's 42 years old. He said, I am so tired in the morning after I work out, after I have the whole day. He thinks, he thinks something's wrong with him. So he goes, I'm just always tired. And uh, so I know that goes back to diet. I've seen him. He's been losing weight and, and everything, but he's tired. And he's going to go into a medical study. And I thought, no, I'm going to ask Frank about that. Um, you know, and I think you just answered it about it, right? If, you, if you're eating poorly or maybe you're not drinking enough or, you know, or whatever, your metabolism could turn to mush, so it's not working properly. Is that right? That's what you're saying. And he can't sleep. He wakes up tired. Would that tie into that as well? Or could that be a reason why it's tying into that? That's probably a better way to ask that. Sorry. I mean, my best guess would be that it's nutrition with him if he's exercising and he's always tired. Um, from that standpoint, because if he's getting the exercise in, uh, I mean, first I would look at water intake because water intake is the easiest thing to fix from that standpoint. Um, you know, if he's getting enough proper hydration and then the second thing would be the the diet after that nutrition, you know, are are you getting enough uh, vitamins and nutrients and calories in to help support your body and give it the energy it needs? Because if you're eating, you know, not enough food on the other end, when people eat not enough calories and they get this huge deficit, it also slows your metabolism down. You know, people that go on those crazy, like, 800-calorie-a-day diets and stuff like that, um, your metabolism slows down. You know, whether you're fasting or you're just eating barely anything, your body adapts to what you do. So you want to have the balance from a calorie standpoint. But the nutrition is everything because if you're getting the vitamins and the nutrients in, your body is going to, you know, boost in the sense, you know, you're putting optimal nutrition in. It's getting what it needs to function at optimal level so your metabolism goes up in, in general as long as you're, like I said, hydrating properly too because I've seen people that eat really healthy but then they don't drink enough water and they still are tired all the time. Um, so water is always the first thing that I look at, but the second thing is, you know, your, your nutrition. Are you getting enough calories? One, because uh, if you're really low on energy, that's probably either very low on calories or very bad on diet. Um, okay. And then the third thing would be if it's none of those with him, and, and like I said, he's exercising. Um, I mean, I'd want to look at his exercise routine to see what he's doing because some people's idea of exercise is different than, you know, what I, I call exercise uh, would be maybe, you know, he does have something hormonal in a sense like his uh, cortisol levels are way too high or, you know, his testosterone levels are way too low or, uh, you know, there's just something chemically wrong with him in a sense that's affecting him, uh, whether it's, you know, some, some more serious problem in that sense. But you know, that, that would be the last thing usually I would think it would be because, it, you know, if you look at those other things, it's easier to kind of dissect and figure out what the problem is. So it, more than likely it's one of the first few ones. If it's none of those, then that, it probably is something more serious. Um, so you right. have to figure that out. Cool. Cortisol, isn't that the fight-or-flight hormone? Am I thinking that? Or is that even called the hormone? Yeah, uh, cortisol. No, that's exactly what it is. It's the fight-or-flight. And um, it, 
reacts, you know, like, for example, when your stress levels are, are high, uh, you, you produce more cortisol. And when your energy, I mean, not your energy, but your, when you're resting more and you're more calm and you meditate, you're able to take those hormone levels down. So, uh, okay. you know, if you're having road rage, your cortisol levels go up and, you know, it's, it's your hormone that also is stress. So, you know, when it's say fight or flight, it's like a, it's a, it's a reactionary hormone, but when the levels are high, you're much more edgy. And that's, oh, you know, yeah. you feel like you're, you know, ready to, to flip your lid all the time in a sense. But, um, you know, that could also be, it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. That could be a, a uh, which I'm going to call it a, a reaction, a result, an effect of, low testosterone form um, that could be an effect from just a high stress job um, there, there's you know reasons that it could cause that if that's what it is uh, but in general usually like I said it's it's always usually comes down to diet and water intake when it comes to those things because a majority of us don't have uh, issues in a sense and you can get low testosterone from just having really poor diet you know, it causes all those things that fast food causes uh, your testosterone levels to drop. Too, you know, alcohol in general causes your uh, testosterone levels to drop. So when you're having, more, you know, a lot, then it's really going to cause it to drop. Uh, smoking, you know, causes your testosterone levels to drop. So there's lots of things that attribute to those. But, it, you know, you, if you knock out the food and the water, you probably more than likely fix it from that standpoint. If it's still like that, then it's it's got to be something else, in my opinion. Okay. I, well, I, yeah, he just asked me that. And he had actually mentioned cortisol and testosterone. So they're going to do check everything, I guess, and um, that's a lot of checking. Uh, but thank you for that. I, I appreciate it. So, uh, and, you know, here's what I'm taking away with this today, something, a couple things here, is that water is key and you've told me that, and I'm drinking a glass of water, and I just finished eating uh, a late lunch, um, chicken uh, chicken breast and, and some vegetables. Uh, that's good, right? Uh, you know, so, um, and some corn, so a little bit, not much. Uh, but when, you, when you're eating, you know, and you're, you know, getting exercise and getting healthier, more healthy, sorry, it's in, your food is important, your diet is important, also water, uh, and... Uh, if you want to take a vitamin and you feel like you need a vitamin, um, can you take them? Do you recommend them? Yeah, I think vitamins are, uh, you know, they don't really have a, a negative in a sense. Uh, they have a positive. The higher the quality, the more you actually absorb because you're not absorbing 100% of what's in a, a multivitamin from that standpoint. Um, yeah. And if you have a deficit of some sorts, like, you know, if you do blood work and a doctor says you're, vitamin D3 or, you know, B12 and all that stuff is, is really low. You need to take those supplements uh, from that standpoint, then it's necessary. But I'm always a big believer in, you know, if you can get it from food, get it from food. Like, you know, do a little bit of research, try to find the foods that are high in those levels because you absorb most of it when it comes from food. You don't, you okay. know, there's some vitamins that you absorb like around 20% of what's actually in there. You know, it's, it's a low percentage and the, the, better ones are uh, just over 50% for the most part. Some get higher than that, but, you know, when you factor all that in, you're, you're like, wow, you know, that's all I'm getting? Like, I thought I was getting more than that, and it's, it's, you know, you're not. It's just your body 
it's an artificial source. Your body's trying to, to absorb it, but it's not the the real source. You know, it's you have to get it from the real source if you can, because your body can utilize it a lot more. That's interesting, um, and thank you for that. So, because I had read somewhere that your body doesn't store vitamins, and that's what you just said, right? It does not store vitamins, right? And uh, so you you either got to get it three times a day, or find one that can that gives you 50% when you take it in the morning. Most people take vitamins in the morning. Is that right? Do you say something that's correct? Yeah, and, and your body can produce some, uh, but, you know, yeah, you have to uh, – you don't want to be deficient. You know, if your body needs certain ones, it's it's important right. to, to get it. And, you know, it might be, you're, you know, you don't like those vegetables or, or fruits or, uh, you know, proteins that have the ones that you're deficient in. And that's why you are deficient and you just don't like the taste, so you don't want to eat those foods regardless, so you'd rather take a supplement. Um, so from that standpoint, you know, you, you, you would need to take the supplement. Uh, you just, you know, like I said, do some research and find the better quality uh, companies that make those vitamins, and at least you can absorb a higher percentage of it. And you'll, you'll feel a little different, you know, in that sense. It, it works, but um, it's always best if you can get it from the actual food sources, especially the ones that are, you know, as necessary as possible. That's cool. I like that. Now, here's another question that somebody had just texted me right now. said, um, I get a lot of energy from eating a banana before I run or work out. Um, that's odd, right? Uh, I don't know. What is your thoughts on that? So they, why would this person get a lot of more energy when they run or work out by eating at a banana. I like bananas, don't get me wrong, but um, I know that they, they're healthy. Do you have any thoughts about that, about the potassium, or just maybe that's just her body or his body, whoever this person is? Yeah, I mean, the carbs will give you energy, uh, and it'll help you feel a little bit not hungry. Like, it'll, it'll be satisfying from that standpoint. Um, and the potassium, obviously, will help you also not, you know, cramp up and everything else while you're, running uh giving you energy like yeah it just depends on the person like you know it's different strokes for different folks you know for me i need a little more balance typically like uh i would do better off of like a piece of uh bread with peanut butter on it or toast or something like that not not a cracker it's weird i eat if i eat a cracker with peanut butter um it doesn't nothing for me but if i eat a piece of bread with peanut butter it seems to digest slower and last longer and um yeah. and help me if i'm gonna do that so it's it's weird but everybody's no I, I hear what you're saying because i like i'll do i drink coffee in the morning and so i put a spoonful of peanut butter in my coffee it's good i like it right so uh, but everybody's got different strokes for different folks but i think it's healthy i you know you peanut butter once a day and and just i mean uh not a it's not a big heaping spoon, okay, because some people are like, you said I could have a tablespoon. That's like a, a cup of peanut butter, right? <laughs> I love peanut butter, but no, not good. Um, so, okay, so thank you for answering that question there, too, as well. And uh, the so if somebody is feeling tired, you answered that. I've got a couple, one other question here. And um, if somebody's pregnant, oh, I got this from a pregnant woman. Have you ever trained a pregnant woman? I was going to say. Yeah, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how how is she? Does she? How does she exercise? 
particularly. And can well, you, you don't want to get that. your you you don't want to do the high intensity exercises. You want to keep it moderate. Um, obviously, you know your your doctor will tell you if you need uh, to go even low intensity because you, you know if you have a higher risk pregnancy or something like that, then that's a different story. Um, but for most part, you can exercise just the same. You know, you don't want to do a lot of overhead lifting or anything like that. Uh, you want to keep it kind of uh, simple, but just nothing high cardio. I mean, you can still do lunges. You can still do squats. You can still do uh, bench press. You know, I wouldn't do any type of, uh, you know, break dancing on your stomach type thing, obviously, <laughs> for, you know, from that standpoint. But, you know, you can still cycle. You can still... Uh, jog, you can still do lots of pretty much everything, but you don't want to do sprints. You don't want to do, you know, high-intensity cycling in a sense. You want to keep it uh, where you're not pushing yourself to the, the limits like you would when you're not pregnant in a sense. So from that standpoint, you can still do everything. Uh, you just got to be conscious and, and smart, you know, like I said. Uh, you don't want to, let's say, do planks and then, you know, flop down on your stomach, you know, where the baby's growing, you know, those type of things. Uh, but right. Or necessarily once you reach a certain level in the pregnancy, like probably the third trimester, um, you probably don't want to be doing too many things on your back exercising because it's extremely uncomfortable. Um, sure. Typically, you know, a lot of the doctors don't really necessarily want you on your back much at all when you're in the third trimester. So it just it depends on the person and their doctor. But for the most part, you, you know, you don't stop. Actually, if anything, exercise helps you. It helps you uh, keep your legs strong to support the extra weight, you know, which will in turn also help your, your glutes and your lower back as your stomach continu continues to grow. Um, so from all that standpoint, like keeping yourself strong is important, and your arms because, you know, when the baby comes out, you're going to be holding the baby a lot. So if your arms are really weak, you know, and you don't have a lot of muscle in there, it's going to be – they're going to get strong fast. They're not going to have a choice when you have the baby, right. but, you know, it'll be a lot easier if you're already strong enough there. Yeah, that's good, because so, uh, I made a note here. She is not high risk, okay? She's just a normal pregnancy, and it's her, um, it's her second one, and she doesn't – she lost weight, obviously, and she wants to keep her body fat down, because I think sometimes pregnant women eat because they can, or they say, oh, I'll lose it after the baby, and uh, that's hard to do, I know. So if you keep up your uh, your your caloric intake and drinking water and all those things, it's going to be a lot better for you. That's what I'm hearing you say. Is that right? Yeah, okay. and just nothing high intensity from an exercise standpoint. You know, I mean, some doctors vary on that opinion for the most part, but I'm a believer and you know, you don't want to cook the bun in the oven too high. You know what I mean? Like temperature-wise. <laughs> so you, yeah. you want to try to keep it you know, mellow in a sense, and uh, but moderate intensity. You know, lunges, squats. Uh, you can still do push-ups. You know, you can still do um, different exercises, rows. You know, uh, chest fly, all those things, biceps, triceps. Um, you can still do abdominal exercises. You know, until the doctor tells you, like I said, they don't want you doing things on your back. But just, you know, you got to be smart about it. You know, if it's uncomfortable, then stop doing it, you know. And if it's uh, if it's something that you feel like might be too difficult, don't do it. Because the last thing you want to do is injure yourself when you're pregnant, in a sense. And you don't want to be on crutches. That's not going to be comfortable at all. 
Um, yeah, so you got to be smart about things too, but exercise is great for you because, like I said, if you stay fit and good, then you'll have less pain while you're pregnant and you'll be more prepared when you are done in the sense that, you, you know, you have the baby and then you're carrying the baby around and you're not going to have much time to exercise then. So uh, you'll want to, you know, somewhat be fit already going into it. It'll help you out. Right. No, I get it. I And I agree with you 150% on that one, Frank. Thank you um, and everything. So, um, And uh, those are a few questions that people had, and I know that I, I want to make sure that I ask you about that. And uh, one other question. Um, you said that you cannot tighten skin when you lose weight. It just is just baggy and sitting there, right? And um, so yeah. there's, no, there's no cure for that except cosmetic skin. I'm going to use the word surgery, cosmetic something. And, um, yeah, they, uh, they have to basically remove skin. I mean, there, there's no way around it at that point. You might, you know, it might tighten up a little bit, but you're definitely not going to have it tighten up that much. So for people that lose, like, a lot of weight or, you know, in general, they, they used to be much bigger uh, and they lost, you know, and replaced it with muscle and so on and so forth, you're going to have a lot of excess skin. And so, yeah, at some point, the only way to get rid of it is to have a cosmetic surgeon remove it. Wow. Okay. That just sounds painful. Anyway, well, we're almost out of time. So we won't get together next week, but we'll get together the following week. And we're all working on getting this, my not on my art website and, and apps loaded so everybody can uh, benefit from People, Frank is an amazing uh, fitness instructor, fitness person. I've never, I've seen a lot of trainers. He is amazing. So he'll be able to guys help help us all get healthy and more fit and, and have a lot of fun. So, Frank, thank you so much. Anyway, you want to close the show, please? Yes, ma'am. Uh, everybody, it was another great and fun episode. Um, really enjoying it. I keep sending your questions and texts uh, to Reed. Um, I want to continue growing this, so any ideas and, and stuff that you want to talk about, that's what I'm here for. Other than that, uh, I hope you all have a great day and enjoy the rest of your week, and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.